Good morning. We, we have been dealing with uh, understanding the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I'm sure that you will agree with me that there's a lot of dissension, a lot of confusion. And, of course, that doesn't justify or questions or even uh, come close to question the validity of the operation of these gifts. And it's because biblical interpretation, it's not that that complicated. Uh, but it has been complicated because uh, people don't agree on the basic scripture. But worldwide, in terms of South America and Africa, where the church is growing in the thousands and millions, uh, there's no argument. The argument is is in America. And so, let's just clear that. For instance, here's a, a typical uh, misunderstanding, or should I say uh, an argument, uh, in terms of what prophecy is in prophesying. Because it, it, it is one of the most uh, easiest way to explain the problem. When you, when you deal with Paul, Paul operates in two ways. There is prophesying and there is prophecy. Prophecy is directly related to the prophet, Ephesians 4. The pastor, the teacher, the pastor, the, uh, the evangelist, the prophet, and the apostle. And these are people who are grown ups in the ministry and, and uh, have been experiencing God and ministry in that area for a long time. Only the prophet is able to speak a prophecy. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, the word prophecy there, it's not related to prophecy in Ephesians 4. They are two separate words. They're totally different words. In Greek, it's, it's difficult. It's easy to sort of question that. But the words are not the same. When Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 is in the gifts of the Holy Spirit refers to prophecy, he refers to prophesying. Prophesying is according to 1 Corinthians 14.3. 1 Corinthians 14.3. Edifying, building, and so everybody can prophesy. Prophesying. But in terms of prophecy, that's the prophet. And that's not something that you can... Uh, uh, cook in the middle of the night and, uh, and come to church and do that. It's something that God speaks to the people, to the church, and it's something that it is an office, a place, a person that has been with God, speaking for the Lord for a period of time. I never, I, I never heard uh, a real person bring a word from God that wasn't 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. So there's a difference between Prophecy and prophesying. And so, when you come to Romans, is that right? When you come to Paul and you go to Romans uh, uh, chapter, chapter 12, you, you begin to see why the confusion is so great in this area. And he talks about, uh, for I though uh, through grace given you 
to me every man who is among you not to think himself more highly than he ought, but to think soberly according to what God has dealt with to every man the measure of faith. And then he says, for we are many members in one body, and all members have the same office. So we be many are one body in Christ, and every member members one of another, having then gifts deferring to accord according to the grace that is given us. Meaning that some people have uh, God operate through them in a more powerful way than others. Because it has to do with a measure of faith. Meaning, people, people are different. And so the gifts operate according to the measure of faith you have. If you don't have any faith, it's going to be very shallow. But if you have faith, it will believe and it will be more accurate. And so I wrote a book on that. It talks about accuracy, uh, praying with accuracy. And our staff is all involved in this. Uh, Jonathan Dunn, Betty McKinney, uh, John Freeland, and, and, and of course, uh, Joseph Tillman, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and others that, Frank Appel, these are people that have gone through this book and have, and have uh, put their lives in it. So it's just a, a community effort so to speak. So here's the difference when you use the word prophecy and prophesying. Here's what it is. Having then gifts according to the grace that is given us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of our faith. The word here, prophecy, is referring to prophesying. So he says that some uh, uh, exhort, others uh, on exhortation, uh, let it give, be, do it in simplicity. He who rules with diligence shows mercy with cheerfulness. He's referring to prophesying. The word prophecy here has nothing to do with the actual uh, movement of a prophetic statement from God, but the ability to, through the Holy Spirit, edify, build, and comfort him. You see, so there's an understanding about prophesying and prophecy. In 1 Corinthians 12, where the gifts are given, it is prophesying. And when uh, you go to Ephesians 4, Paul talks about higher measures of faith that it takes an apostle, takes a prophet, takes an evangelist. For instance, here I am an evangelist. Now, I'm not an evangelist that the church decided to make me one. As a matter of fact, they didn't want me to do it. God made me an evangelist. I was called, I was anointed to be an evangelist. And what God did for me uh, has fruits. And if you don't like me or you don't think I'm from God or you think that maybe uh, I'm sort of a little odd, I agree, I'm a little odd. But God called me. And in the last ten years, all I've done is to break liturgy. I'm, I, I, I declared war on liturgy. I declare war on stagnation in worship. I declare war on 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 on, on the uh, introit. I don't know if you know what that is. That's the first thing in worship when you come with the music and, and the organ. Declare war on those things because they're killing the church. People are going to sleep. They have more life in Walmart. And, and liturgy has quenched the Holy Spirit because we're trying to get to God by being in order. 
And the Holy Spirit only operates where there's freedom. And so, and so, when there's no freedom and you do all your, your, your introit and your opening prayer and then your announcements and you just do a service that is so lethargic, so dead, so morbid, the Holy Spirit's out of the door. And so, I'm the one who God called and used to declare war on liturgy. And I've been doing it for quite a while. And everybody that invites me, uh, have a, has a real experience of freedom and enjoy it. And, and, and by the way, don't tell me they don't like it. The people love it. They love it. They love it. They love to just break through and come to the altar for prayer and tell them somebody there my problems. And, uh, 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 and so, and so prophecy and prophesying are two different Moves of the Spirit of God. Prophesying goes with the gifts. As it is tongues, and it is interpretation. There are vocal gifts, and so, so on and so forth. I hope you, you understood that. Did you get something out of it? If you do, send me a little heart on, 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 your, uh, on your Facebook. Put a little heart in there. Put a comment. Go Rick or, or something. Do something, okay? Don't just sit there. Uh, do something. So I know that you, that you heard it. Amen. And of course, if you are on lotterain.com throughout the world, this is the sixth time that I teach on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I'll continue this whole week. So be with me until, uh, until Thursday. I won't be here Friday. Uh, Frank Capel will deal with Friday as he always does with a, a wonderful anointing. So let's just, uh, look now a little deeper. And I'm going to 1 Corinthians 12, I think. Amen. Let's see where it is. Well, let me, let me, 1 Corinthians 12. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. Let's begin with verse 4. Now, there are diversities of gifts. Different types. They're not all the same. Notice that these things are the manifestation of God. In ministry. Fruits will come if you begin to understand this concept. The manifestation of the Spirit is given uh, uh, to every man for the profit of all. So when it moves, Paul is saying that they are, they are different than each other, not the same. Uh, Verse 5, there are differences of administration, meaning that different services, ministries, but it's the same Lord. The administration uh, is because the, the gifts do different things, different services. So, number one, they're different, and they do different things. They're not the same. Is that important to know? It is important because... When God begins to move through you, uh, you know that he has a purpose, and he's going to do something. And, and the funny thing is, they all repeat itself. Uh, they, they operate in the initial contact with you in, in the same way, and they have different services. And then, number four, number six says, verse six of First Corinthians 12 says, And there are diversities of operation. Uh, the, the gifts operate differently. 
So number one, uh, there are different types. Number two, there are different services. And, and number three, uh, they are different. There are different ways that they operate. So the so the 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 engine is is like uh, let's say you have Google. Uh, Google is an engine that operates to give information. And uh, and pink is the pink, same way. And of course, Safari on Apple does that too. But the gifts. Uh, they are, they work differently. They're not the same. They, they're not searching things. They are actually, uh, going to reveal things that are unknown by anybody. Google knows everything and they typed it in. But the Holy Spirit, when it operates, you don't know. You have no idea. Because it will search deep into areas that you've never been before or never gone before in the life of a person. Uh, let me give you let me give you an example of that. Uh, I was in uh, Grimes, Iowa, on a very very winter day, with a lot of snow and ice on the parking lot. A man walked in the office on 15 minutes counseling prayer, and I had a vision of him. And the vision was that he was holding the hand of a tall man, and this tall man was his father. And, and of course, I stopped it, and all I said to him, you love your father. He said, he passed away 30 years ago, and I can't bury him. That was the beginning. The father was blind. The boy carried him everywhere, and he can't let the boy, the father, die. And he is 35 years old, and now time to let his father be buried. Now, that was the core of the problem. It caused depression in his life. It caused it caused apathy. It caused passivity, and, and it caused... Uh, uh, Anxiety, lower levels of depression. He just wasn't the same man when he went to the cemetery three times a day. And when I began to pray in the spirit, in tongues, and began to pray for him, that spirit left. Now, that's how deep the Holy Spirit operates when you begin to accept the gifts. You can't counsel a person and uh, arrive to the same conclusion and bless them with that and have an hour and a half to our conversation. I'm not saying that you have to have the gifts operating through you. You can do a lot of good by just, uh, uh, but let me ask you this. Don't you want a 15-minute prayer? Why should you spend an hour and a half with somebody uh, 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 in order to to arrive to the same conclusion? And most of the time, you're making mistakes. For instance, here's a guy who came in with a broken leg, and he want to talk about his motorcycle. But the Holy Spirit led me to his uh, anger, and, and his, his anger toward his father. Uh, and that is why he was going 90 miles an hour and broke his legs. And so it's, a much, it's much deeper. It goes deeper. It, it gets there much quicker. And it produces fruits. Why am I telling this to you today? It's because you do counseling the old-fashioned way. Let's talk about when you were born. Let's go to, and, and you go for an hour to two hours, and you, and most pastors that do that don't have any more hair left. You know, they go bald in the third year of ministry. 
because they want to do it the hard way. I don't like the Holy Spirit. Well, if you don't like the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, he who sins against the Holy Spirit, there is no forgiveness. And so if you belittle the Holy Spirit, if you accuse the Holy Spirit, and by the way, calling somebody charismatic, it is an offense against the Holy Spirit. All of us are charismatic. You, you, it's a sin that's not forgiven. So don't be a dumb, knucklehead idiot. Be careful. Don't say nothing against the Holy Spirit. Don't be dumb. Don't. If you don't understand it, shut up. If you have no concept of how holy the Holy Spirit is, shut up. Read a book. Go to a conference. Get God to increase your level of faith, and He will bless you in your life. And these are good words to you. They really are. I'm not doing in anger. I'm just saying some of us have just become numb when, when we hear a grown-up man cursing the Holy Spirit. You know, like a fellow down there in, uh, in, in West Georgia told the congregation that tongues is of the devil. Don't you do that. That'll, listen, you that pay your retirement, uh, you won't have it. In other words, if you curse the Holy Spirit, you're not going to live long enough to enjoy your retirement money. You're going to die early. Because sinning against the Holy Spirit is something that's not be forgiven. So, let's take a look at, uh, at uh, another operation of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. And, uh, and I want to use uh, Mary's visit to Elizabeth. So we can have sort of a, a point of contact here in this teaching. Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah. And of course, uh, he's talking about Judah. That's, uh, that's north, isn't it? Right? Or, or south. That's the hill. Oh, yes. The hill country is Jerusalem. I'm sorry. It's, high, it's hilly. It's up and down. You know, from Jerusalem, you go down 17 miles to Jericho. And, 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 and you can hear that engine on the bus just rocking away, going up. Amen? And so it says that Mary arose in those days, and uh, after the appearance of angel Gabriel, and, and went into the hill countryside with haste in the city of Judah. Uh, and the tradition here says there was Hebron, which is right there north of Jerusalem. And entered the house of Zechariah. Now, Zechariah was a priest. And saluted Elizabeth, which is the... Wife of Zechariah. And so she was welcomed wholeheartedly when, 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 when Elizabeth, uh, when Mary saluted Elizabeth, Elizabeth, uh, uh, and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, something happened. Now, let's go back and work it out. Remember, Zechariah went into the holy place to change the oil lamps, and an angel appeared to him. Zechariah, do not be afraid, for God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son. is called, called John. And he said, I can't do it anymore. I can't have a son. And, and, and of course, he lost, because of his unbelief, he lost his language, his tongue, to talk for nine months. But a baby was about to be born, uh, in the womb of Mary, was conceived in the womb of Elizabeth, and his name was John the Baptist. 
So God was on time. Six months before Mary uh, is about to have a baby, this, this woman had a baby in her womb. And it says that when the salutation of Mary was said, the baby leaped in, in Elizabeth's womb. Oh, what a wonderful thing. And it says down here very simply, it says, And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Greek text is plato, P-L-E-T-H-O, and it means to imbue, influence, or supply. It does not have the meaning of that which happened in the day of Pentecost, referring to Acts 4 too, but it was filled. The baby received a touch of the Holy Spirit of God. It wasn't a baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was a filling of the Holy Spirit. And of course, and she, Elizabeth, spoke out with a loud voice. I mean, you're talking about the baby leaped. Now, what happened to John the Baptist during that time? He was apt. He was filled. Little John the Baptist, six months old, in the womb of, of Elizabeth, it was already being dealt with by God in terms of his whole life. And if you know the life of John the Baptist, you've got to be proud. He was decapitated uh, and, and, and died in a dungeon, but he did what God called him to do. And so it says, spoke out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Who is, what is the fruit of her womb? Jesus. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, Jesus, Lord. You're talking about uh, now about, about above women as the Catholic claims. However, Mary was truly blessed as would be obviously. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And whence is this to come? And that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She used the word Lord. It is in a higher sense down here, greater, great as her own child was, to be in the sight of the Lord, here was the mother of one yet greater, the Lord Jesus. For lo, as soon as the voice of your salutation sounded in my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. So you're talking about a mother being blessed by God and, and filled with the Holy Spirit. The baby saying, whoa, where to go? Come on. Who? Hi. Who? Who? Wait. <laughs> and blessed is she who believes. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told by, from the Lord. The word here shall be uh, certifies of an action that will actually happen. Now let's take a look at this scripture. See, Mary arose. She's led of the Spirit of God. Why would Mary go see Elizabeth? Because without the announcer, John the Baptist, there would be no one precursing coming before Jesus, announcing the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And as John the Baptist grew up, he would yell and scream, uh, Behold the, 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 the Lamb of God who takes the sins of the world. And so you got an idea here that the Holy Spirit is working in the life of Mary, to bless the one who would announce what was in her womb. Now, is that the nature of the Holy Spirit? Yes. 
It is the nature of the Holy Spirit. It operates creating, organizing, impacting, ministering, uh, and preparing that which God wants to do. Are we out of kilter with this in terms of music? Well, take a look. About uh, 20 years ago, I was in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, recording uh, 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 a CD. Uh, I don't know, know the name of it, but I was recording in, in a studio. And a man walked to, in my studio while I was singing the song, and he said, from now on, it's all praise and worship. And, of course, he's referring to what's happened in, the, in a Baptist church downtown uh, Tennessee. And uh, his name was, uh, I don't remember, but he owned a studio there. From that day, music changed. Everybody began singing praises and worship. And now, uh, there's not a Methodist church that's not considering to have a, a contemporary service uh, in order to uh, have praise and worship. And everybody's having praise and worship. And I remember uh, when it started. Now, is that a move of the Spirit of God? Yes. Did the Holy Spirit ask permission of the church to get that done? Not really. No, the, the Holy Spirit did not go into any conference and, and got the approval for us to. God just did it. And anybody who stands against the move of the Spirit will be squashed like an egg under a truck. That's the way it is. So what's happening in America right now? All over, young people from everywhere, from different denominations, are coming to worship, and thousands, millions are worshiping the Lord and glorifying His name. You see, it's the move of the Spirit of God. Just as the Spirit of God began to work on Mary's mind to go into the house of Elizabeth, the Holy Spirit is working today in the hearts of young people, in the thousands, in the millions throughout the world. And, and, and God is steamrolling through. How do, you, how do you stop a movement like that? You don't. You can't. It's done. Oh, but Rick is a charismatic. God's truck's going to run over you. You see, you've got to understand this. You've got to know that... Uh, that what's happening throughout the country today in terms of people dying in Las Vegas, crazy men killing 58 people, uh, uh, is because the church today is unable to move deeper in the needs of men, move deeper into what's happening to them. We sort of preach and we expect that the proclamation of the word is all we need to do. Oh, I tell you, there'll be a place in hell for theologians who think that way. The proclamation of the word doesn't mean you cannot get, get involved in, in the fruits and the return of the word in ministering to people deeper into their lives. So why the church is struggling is because, you see, the pastors are half-filled. The pastors are inoperative. They're playing golf. They're doing retirement plans. They're, they're preoccupied with money, and they don't want to hurt Mrs. Mary, who just has to have the organ pipe play. Do the traditional service, but don't you stand against the move of God in the contemporary. God will steamroll on top of you. He's doing it, or the church will die. Oh, how about the homosexual problem? The homosexual problem because you can't deal with it. You can't pray for it. You can't get to the core of it. And so you call everybody homosexual. When in fact, just one out of four probably would have a sexual 
problem in a hereditary and put condition in them. But the rest of it is plain sin, and most of it is sin, undealt with. People that are deeper hurting in themselves, and they cannot be ministered to or cared for. And so the church is inoperative. Why? Because they have simply denied the move of the Spirit of God. They have belittled the gifts. They have, they have uh, reject the move of God. And remember now, it's a manifestation. I don't have a gift. I don't want a gift. But I recognize when the manifestation of the Holy Spirit operates in front of me. And that is why for 45 years I have survived as an evangelist without annuity, pension program or nothing. The people of God have been blessed in the fruits of, in the thousands. In the, and I'm an imperfect man and very much not the best. Why? You that is six feet tall, blue eyes, and you that have a doctor's degree, you that have a seminary degree, you that have a, a, a doctor's degree in theology, why don't you get zapped by the Holy Spirit and filled with the Holy Spirit so and use your gifts so you can die happy instead of going to Florida pay shuffleboard in your retirement? You see, the church needs to wake up. The devil is eating us up. Destroying the church. People are leaving. Uh, two large church this last year left the Mississippi Conference because they couldn't come. You see, Walmart ministered to people better than we do. Walmart knows how to sell. Why wouldn't the church sell? Get a guitar, get a set of drums, put up there in the youth room and invite the hairy people with tattoos to come to church and you're going to find out that they will come. They will come. They do not enjoy liturgical death. The Lord bless you today. And I hope that you continue to operate in the gifts. Amen. Amen. See you tomorrow.